This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Pentagon wants to let contractors in on a little secret, perhaps lots of secrets. It's part of a plan to give contractors knowledge they might need to help tailor products more closely to defense requirements. Joining me with details of this gambit, Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. And Scott, this is a new try, I guess, at this innovation, or what is it the Pentagon's doing here? Yeah, this is something that the Pentagon's been piloting for a couple of years now, but it's finally establishing a permanent program. What it's going to do is let some trusted companies in on the critical military information that uh, they, the Defense Department thinks they will need to help build systems. The reason they're doing this is because there's really been a return to great power competition, and DOD needs to strengthen its engagement with the industrial base to create these more advanced weapons and create research that might go into more advanced weapons. DOD put out a memo this past week saying that they're going to be giving access to these special access programs. And there's a corporate program within this that will give them really an opportunity to see some of the classified and more than classified information that might help them navigate their way through some of this research and some of these requirements. Because don't traditionally some of the big contractors involved on major programs already have a lot of Pentagon secrets. Like, for example, the company developing the new bomber has got lots of secrets already. It has to because it's building the thing. So what? how does this advance what they're already doing with contractors on critical programs? What this does is it preempts that sort of situation. So with the bomber, you already have that information once you've already gotten the contract and you're kind of working on that sort of information with this. If you're a a company that's already been working with DOD and you're trusted, then you might get some of the secrets that they really haven't told anyone yet, or they, you know, it's not necessarily on contract, but it's something that they might want to go on to contract in the future. So basically they're just saying, here's something we might need. Can you figure out this problem for us? And and that's sort of the issue. And it's probably not tactical or troop movement type of information, but more requirements they need for platforms in the future. Exactly. I think that's exactly what it's going to be, you know, things maybe relating to hypersonics or what might be the next hypersonic. And, you know, one of the important things to know about this pilot program is that in order to participate in it, a corporation has to have a contract with DOD for 15 or more special access programs. So they're not just giving out this thing like it's a, you know, a free access card. They really have to, uh, you know, be entrenched within the defense industrial base to be able to participate and get these sorts of, uh, you know, secrets. And do we know any companies or any particular projects where this has been applied yet? Not at this point. And and the thing is, is that a lot of these special access projects have to do with really the black budget, which uh, we don't really have any access to. It's very opaque. Uh, you know, also a lot of special operations sorts of things. So it's very unlikely that we'll get, uh, you know, any kind of um, idea who's in there. But I'm sure if you took a few guesses as to, you know, the main contractors that work with the Defense Department a lot, considering you have to have 15 contracts uh, in in these special access areas, uh, you can probably think of a few that might be able to uh, to make it in there. And is this a two-star type of program, three-star, four-star? You know, they've created their own office for this, so I, I think it's going to be something that is within the Pentagon. Uh, they have a Air Force Major General right now who's in charge of it, and uh, they believe that really it's an important effort to sustain the, the future is what they've said. We're speaking with Federal News Network Scott Massioni, and also in this week's Reporter's Notebook for DOD, you have some news on the transition to the military services hospitals over to the Defense 
Defense Health Agency. What's going on there? That's right. Well, if you remember in the beginning of 2020, once the whole pandemic started going, the DHA slowed down their transition process. Originally, the DHA was supposed to assume responsibility from the military services of hospitals, clinics, military treatment facilities, all that sort of stuff. They put a pause on it uh, and, and tried to think it over a bit. During that time, the military service leaders put out a letter saying that they were really concerned about DHA taking over, especially in this COVID environment. So during this whole time, the military health system took a look at their their lessons learned, the sort of things that they're going to need for this transition. And now that the COVID vaccine is out, they've decided in 2021, they will push ahead and continue to take responsibility for those military treatment facilities. And, you know, what that really is going to do is centralize the military health system. It's also going to take a lot of changes for uh, the the military family members and retirees. There's going to be about 200,000 that will not be able to go to MTFs anymore and will be going into private uh, areas and have TRICARE take care of them. Right. I guess they don't want to tie up military hospitals with routine types of ailments that can be done sometimes more efficiently, I guess, in the private sector or in a different network. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting. They're trying to resize it and kind of make this uh, military health system something that is manageable uh, when it comes to treating people, but also manageable when it comes to cost effectiveness and really just with DHA being in control. So in some areas, you have family members coming onto base when they didn't before. Uh, for these military treatment facilities to get to get the help that they need. And then in other areas, maybe a more rural area or a more urban area, depending on you know whatever circumstance they have and how much capability they have, uh, they will go outside to seek health. So it's sort of a rebalance sort of thing. But as we're seeing, this rebalance is leaving 200,000 uh, with, without the care that they had before with on base. And this all happens, this restart of the transfer to the Defense Health Agency, as the COVID-19 vaccines are coming online, is there any effect on the ability of DOD to get the vaccines out to the people that they need to get them out to? Or does the transition have no effect or does it maybe confuse things? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that they were worried about was that a lot of the military marketplaces or the marketplaces that they thought uh, people would go out into for the private sector help that they need as they were rebalancing might not have the capability or capacity that they would need for COVID-19, considering, you know, the more hospital beds are being taken up and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Now that things are quote unquote, calming down, not exactly calming down, but, you know, they've they've looked at this rebalance and they think they can still pull it off. But, you know, however, Congress has taken this into account. They've taken everything with a grain of salt. You know, originally they pushed this deadline to 2022 when everything was supposed to happen. It was originally supposed to be in the 2020, 2021 timeframe. Now, in the most recent Defense Authorization Act, they said, military leaders, we hear your concerns. We're going to push this out to 2025. But this is it. You know, you're 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 creating some turf wars here. You're causing some issues. You're paralyzing decision making. Uh, we need to create a, an, a healthcare system that does not stifle innovation, that is more centralized, all that sort of stuff. So they expect uh, DHA to continue this sort of effort. All right. So they've had about a year long pause almost. What is the deadline or what is their timeline for getting the transfer done so that they can have a unified health system and get on with what they want to do with it? Right. Well, yeah, at this point, it's it's 2025 and they haven't really put any sort of timeline out. You know, obviously, this transfer is not going to be 
top of mind as they're still trying to work out these vaccinations and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, speaking of those vaccinations right now, the, the timetable for that is to get, you know, top health officials and health uh, frontline workers vaccinated and then national security personnel, top national security personnel, and then everyone else thing about the military is it's very easy to vaccinate because you can tell people what to do with their their bodies much easier than you can with civilians. So, uh, you know, that's something that they should be able to roll out pretty easily within the military compared to the civilian sector. And you've been following the COVID case count in the military. Is there any recent development in Is it expanding or are they getting control over the COVID cases? So much like the rest of the nation, the military is seeing a pretty big explosion in COVID cases. The current COVID cases within the military as service members only is right now at 120,000 members have been uh, diagnosed and 76,000, almost 77,000 have recovered. So that leaves a good 50,000 that are currently infected with the disease. Federal News Network, Scott Mossioni, thanks for that update. Thank you. Check out his DOD Reporter's Notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. Need a gift idea for the outdoor adventure in your life? Shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection, made with water-repellent puddle guard technology and ZQ-certified merino wool with a low environmental impact. It's a natural fit for winter runs. And Allbirds offsets the carbon footprint to make their Mizzle Collection carbon neutral, so you can take comfort in treading lighter. Get on their nice list this year with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.